Last week, as we're, as we're looking at being Baptist, that's the, the title of this. And we're, we're, last week, we we're looking at the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. And it, it is our authority. That's what we're looking at. As Baptists, it is, it is our sole authority. We, don't, we, you know, we, we look at the, 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 the Baptist faith and message, our doctrinal statements as, as Southern Baptists. We, we, we kind of go by that same, those same doctrinal statements. But look, we don't. We, that doesn't. That's just a collection of these are the things we believe because they're in the Bible and the Scriptures. Uh, if there was something in there that we felt was contrary to the Scriptures, we wouldn't follow that because the Scriptures are our authority. It is the Bible, the B I B L E. That is our. It, it, that's it. That's what we function by. That is our instruction manual. We don't have different creeds and and all those kind of things that we follow. We follow the Word of God. Amen. It's a very Baptist distinctive. That's, that's, that's what we follow. So the second part of this is we're looking at the Bible, and we include this with this, is the meaning of the Lordship of Christ. Some of you have heard that phrase, the Lordship of, of Christ. So Baptists believe Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, that doesn't. Now, let me say this because I don't want to say it every time I say something. Just because I say Baptists believe this doesn't mean there aren't others that aren't Baptists that don't believe that. But I'm telling you, we're talking about Baptist distinctives, and these are things we believe and we hold to. We believe Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. I was thinking as we were singing uh, the song, and one of the things, maybe something Aaron prayed, but how he, if He is our Lord... You know, one of the lines in the song, I've got nothing more fit, fit for a king. And, and I think about that sometimes because, you know, if, if, you, if you have a king, an earthly king, you know what? We, we, your heart may not be in it, but I guarantee you your body is. You, you know, if you approach the king the wrong way, you might be done with the head. You're... you're, you're, you're adoration, everything, you're submitted to that king. You know, and you, we, we think of England and the kings and we've seen the movies and all the stories and stuff. And even like during the Crusades, I think, you know, when they got baptized, this has nothing to do with it, I don't guess, but they surrendered everything under the king, the sword. They kept the swords out. They didn't put the sword underwater because the sword was, was uh, <laughs> it had a different standard for the sword. They knew what they were going to do with that, but there was a, you know, when you came before the king, you bowed, you, 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 would, you, would, you would kneel. And if you didn't, I mean, it was, it was absolutely inappropriate. We, we ought to have that same type of mentality and approach towards Christ. It, it ought to be, he, if he is our, not only our king, but if he's, our, if he's Lord of our life, we, we're, and, and, and this mentality, you could take all of this. MacArthur, I was reading, I don't know if I heard you saying this or if I was reading in something that you'd written. But, the, but when the scriptures talk about us being, a, being a, a bond servant, that's not really a great translation. The proper translation is a slave. We're a slave. We, we are, we are we're, we're the Lord's slave. We, we, we've got this idea that we're just kind of voluntarily doing this. We're doing the Lord a favor by, by following him and by, you know, I'll do the things, Lord, that I, I'm comfortable with, but I'm, I'm not really submitted to everything. I, I, 
There's a song we sing in the hymnals. We used to sing, you know, more. But uh, y'all, y'all, most of you know this if you know the hymns. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. So I had a friend one time on staff, and he says, you know, here's the thing about us Baptists. Some people tell their lies, we sing them. And he wasn't trying to be funny. He said, we, we say that, but do we really surrender all? If Jesus is Lord of our life, then whatever the Word of God says, we've said that it is our authority for everything to do with salvation, everything to do with how we live our life. It gives us all instruction for life here and life eternal. It, it is our total authority. And, and, and the book, as we're going to see tonight, the book is all about Jesus. I, I, I hear some people that kind of have this mentality like, it's, a, it's about me. The story's about me. Listen, if you're the star of the show, you, you're, reading the, you're watching the wrong movie. You're reading the wrong book. Because, yeah, yeah, the Lord, has, if you're saved, He saved you. And you've got a great testimony. But Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 talks about the, 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 in eternity that we're going to give Him glory. We're, I preached a message on this about we're, we're, it's God's trophy case. We're, we're, we're his trophies. You know, somebody wins the Heisman Trophy, the Heisman Trophy doesn't get any glory. Nobody goes, oh, the Heisman Trophy, that's so great. They go, oh, that dude was amazing. He won that trophy. The Lord is so great. If he's won our hearts, he's won us, he has saved us, he's the one who gets the glory, and we will be in eternity, we'll be trophies on display of his grace for all of eternity. We should be totally submitted to him if he's truly Lord. Right? Now, is there anybody, I'm the one up here talking. But I'm just telling you, I ain't there. But my desire is to be there. And you, you, if, if you're like me, every day you, you run into something in your own life and you go, oh, yeah, boy, you're great. You're, you're really close. I mean, you act like you got saved tomorrow, man. That's the way you, you're acting right now. If he's Lord of our life, then we should be on our knee with our heads down. We should be submitted to him, surrendered to him. And then everything in our life ought to revolve around that. So we as Baptists, we believe this. Now, if we, how much do we believe it? Do we believe it enough to really live it out? to really practice it all the way out, or do we just say we believe that? There's a lot of believers that are practically, they're, they're what I call, you've heard this, practical atheists. They, they say they believe in God, they live like there is no God. They say Jesus is Lord, they act like He's nothing. There are folks that come to church on Sunday mornings, might even raise their hands. The rest of the week, they live like hell. Neighbor wouldn't be able to test that. There would be not enough evidence to prove they were a Christian. Couldn't be convicted of being a Christian because there's not enough evidence. Do we really, if we really believe that, and we're going to really live that, if Jesus is Lord, we should surrender our lives to Him in every area. Amen? Amen. That should be our goal. That's our goal. That's what we're striving for. We're talking Monday night. We're in prayer band about, about 
being submitted to the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. Folks, if we try to do it in our flesh, we try to do it ourselves, we'll fail, fall flat on our faces. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we include the Lordship of Christ as part of the doctrine of the supreme authority of Scripture because the Bible is, at its core, it is all about Jesus. So when you talk about the Lordship of Christ and the authority of Scripture go hand in hand. He is the supreme authority over the church and each individual who surrenders his life to him. He secured salvation through his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Therefore, Baptists, along with many other Christians, affirm that every area of a believer's life and the life of, of, uh, and the life of Christ's body, the church, is subject to his lordship. So just as, as I am subject to him, he, he, is, he is to be lord of our life. He needs to be lord of our life. Need to be surrendered to him, submitted to him. That's individually. But as a church, it's the same way. We as a church, we don't submit to, we don't submit to the uh, East Central Baptist Network. That, that's our association that we're in as Southern Baptists. We, we don't answer to them. They're not our authority. We don't answer to the Florida Baptist Convention. We don't answer to the Southern Baptist Convention. And I'm getting ahead of myself because we, we, we talk about, we're going to talk more about the church. But the church is to be surrendered to the Lordship of Christ the same way we as individuals are. Philippians 2 verses 9 and 11. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, uh, we're, everybody is going to bow the knee to the Lord Jesus. Everybody's going to bow the knee. Now, you can bow it now. You can bow the knee in humble surrender to Him and, and, and repentance and faith and, and bow for salvation, or you'll bow in eternity in judgment. But everyone will bow and everyone will confess that Jesus is Lord. Ephesians 1, 22 and 20, 21 through 23. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Christ is the head of the church. He is my head. He is my Lord. He, he is over me, and he's over the church. All things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Um, a man named T.D. Brown wrote a book in 1937 entitled Rethinking Baptist Doctrines. He says this, The basic principle of our faith and life as Christians is loyalty to Jesus Christ as our sovereign Lord. As Baptists, whose sole and only Lord is the Savior, we need to go on record in our own hearts and before the world as claiming no other right to be heard except on the basis of our loyalty to Him. Wow. It's, it's a, our, our loyalty should be to Christ. We should be surrendered to Him. Um, man. Acts 10.43 To Him all the prophets witness that through His name 
Whoever believes in him will receive remissions of sin, remission of sins. After his resurrection, while walking the Emmaus Road, Jesus testified that he himself was the, was the grand subject of Scripture to the two disciples who were hesitant to, hesitant to believe that he had been risen. You know the story there on the road to Emmaus, and he, the, Jesus comes up, and you know we, we, we go, how in the world could they not know that it was Jesus? Jesus just died on the cross. They saw him buried. Nobody's walking down the road. They might have even thought it in their, their heads. Wow, he kind of looks like the Lord. They might have thought it, but they wouldn't have thought. I mean, right? Have you ever run into somebody, you ought to know them, but you've run into them somewhere out of context? I put on a ball cap and a T-shirt, and I go to Walmart. I could walk right into some of you, and you wouldn't recognize me. You'd be like, oh, okay, right? Because it's out of context. You're used to the context of where you see them. And we, we, we get down on them. But they're walking along, and Jesus comes along, and he's talking with them. Luke 24, 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, the Lord, expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Can you imagine that conversation? He just opens up the word without opening it. He just, it's, he is the word. He knows it all. He's just, he's just laying it out. Here I am, 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 here I am. All this, it just lays it out for him. So the Lord made that very clear, that he is Lord. Now, there's the, um, you've heard of the scarlet thread in Scripture, right? It's amazing when you think of, of, we think about how the Scriptures tie together. With all the authors over all the years in all those languages in the multiple continents that this is written. And that's how we can have this confidence when you read the book. When you read the book and you go, it, it, just, it just interlaces perfectly. There's no way. I've, sh- I've shared, we, we, could, we could have four of us write, write, write a short story. They wouldn't have anything to do with each other. Nothing. And yet the scriptures, you can find Jesus just runs right through the scriptures. Cover to cover. That scarlet thread is Jesus. So the scarlet, the, the scarlet thread, it is well-known anti, uh, anecdote among nautical historians that in the days when Great Britain ruled the seas, the ropes used by the Royal Navy had a distinct quality. How many of you have ever heard this? What I'm about to, to, you've heard this? From the largest to the smallest, the ropes were woven in such a way that a scarlet-colored thread ran through, uh, ran through them from end to end. Those threads were twisted into the lines in such a way that they could not be extracted without unraveling the entire rope. No matter how you cut the rope, the scarlet thread could be seen. And thus even the smallest piece of the whole could be recognized as belonging to the British crown. That's interesting. I want to, you know, as I was studying this, I didn't get a chance to go back because I want to go back and study that to see if they did that for the purpose of, of... Wherever that was, they would, this, was, this, is, this is Britain's. Or if it had something to do with Christ. My guess is it had something to do with Christ, is my, is my guess. Uh, you know, today we wouldn't, we'd never have a country that would do something like that. But that day I could, I could see that. At a time where they said, oh, the scarlet thread through Scripture, we're going to run the scarlet thread through every rope that goes around the world. They're going to see that scarlet thread. It's going to be, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in looking that up. 
Uh, when it comes to the Bible, God's Word, you will also find a scarlet thread running throughout its pages and words. That scarlet thread is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been well said that the Old Testament, uh, that in the Old Testament we see Jesus concealed. In the New Testament, we see Jesus revealed. Christ is contained in the Old Testament and explained in the New Testament. He is pictured in the Old and presented in the New. In every book of the Bible, you find Jesus. That is why we include his lordship in discussing the word of God. He is the supreme subject of scripture. Amen? Amen. All right. So, here's the scarlet thread. In In Genesis, Jesus is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is our Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the cloud and the fire. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet greater than Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of the walls. In Esther, he is our advocate. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is the good shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he is the lover of our souls. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the glory of God. In Daniel, he is the everlasting God. In Hosea, he is the forgiving husband. In Joel, he is the believer of the, uh, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he is the builder of the city of God. In Obadiah, he is our savior. In Jonah, he is the firstborn of the dead. In Micah, he is the ruler of all ages. In Nahum, Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is the God of our salvation. In Zephaniah, he is our savior. In Haggai, he is the cleansing fountain. In Zechariah, he is the pierced son of God. In Malachi, or Malachi for our, for our Italian friends, In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he is the king of kings. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man. In John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the ascended Lord. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he is the giver of gifts. In 2 Corinthians, he is the triumphant one. In Galatians, he is the liberator of our souls. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is our joy. Amen. In Colossians, he is the head of all things. In First and Second Thessalonians, he is our hope. In First Timothy, he is the mediator between God and man. In Second Timothy, he is our stability. In Titus, he is truth. In Philemon, he is our covenant friend. In Hebrews, he is the messenger of the new covenant. In James, he is the great physician. In First Peter, he is the chief shepherd. In Second Peter, he is our purity. In First, Second, and Third John, he is love, light, and truth. In Jude, he is the one who is able to keep us. And in Revelation, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. That's our Lord. That's our Lord. So we believe in the Lordship of Christ. And we believe in the Bible as our sole authority. Amen? Amen. All right. Next, next thing we're going to move to is, uh, and I've got about, I've got about 10 minutes, so I'll, really get, I'll get started in this and we'll, we're going to stop here. Uh, we're going to look now at the anatomy of the local church. Um, the anatomy of the local church. And 
It, 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 I'm not the anatomy. I can't read. The autonomy. I'm going, why, that, why does that sound so foreign to me? I'm reading this going, the anatomy. Why, I've, 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 I've written this and edited this. and That's being from Georgia. The autonomy, that's a little different. And we are going to look at the anatomy of the local church. We're going to look at how it should be, be laid out. But the autonomy of the local church, which means the independence, it stands alone of the local church. And so I've got in here in parentheses this little thing of you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. Okay? So uh, the, the, there, there's... So we're going to get in that with the local church, the autonomy of the local church. And so the lesson aim here is to describe the New Testament teaching about the independence and autonomy of each local congregation and how that differs from many Christian denominational organizations today. So as we're looking at the Baptist distinctives, you may have notes from last week, and we, and we had in there the, the acronym, and I'll have this for you next week. I'll have you a handout next week. But the B-A-P-T-I-S-T. So B was for biblical authority and the lordship of Christ. That was the B. Now we get to the A, and we're in the, in the autonomy of the local church. And the key verse in this is 1 Timothy 3.15. I write so that you may know that you, uh, how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, each local Baptist church is independent and sovereign in and of itself. Okay. Now, I didn't just say that we're an independent Baptist church, though you're going to find out in a little bit that we are an independent Baptist church. Okay. Some of you are going, I ain't going to be no part of an independent Baptist church. I know about them independent Baptists. But we are. And you'll understand why as we go through this. Baptists believe that the government of a local church is controlled by the principles of the lordship of Christ, the authority of the scriptures, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and the priesthood of all believers. That is, each local church is a self-contained body or sovereign and cannot be controlled by any outside denomination, board, higher, hierarchical system, church, or person. Okay, There's nothing outside of this church. That's autonomy. We stand on our own. We're self-governing, self-supporting. We should be self-replicating as a church. That's what this means as, as autonomous. We don't have anybody looking in. We don't have anybody overseeing from outside of our church and then telling us how to function. The one who is looking in, the one who is looking in, is the Lord Jesus. He is the head of the church, and that's what we're going to learn through this. Now, a quotable quote here is, Each local Baptist church is an independent unit responsible to no one but Jesus Christ, the head of the church, transacting its own business, ordaining and instituting its own programs, determining its own voluntary course of cooperation and fellowship with other churches and organizations and deferring to no higher earthly court of appeals than itself. And this was written in 1987 by a man named Virgil Bopp. And uh, it was, it, the title of the book was Confidently Committed, A Look at the Baptist Heritage. That's his quote on, on what we are as Baptists. Now, this doctrinal distinctive is one of the most easily identifiable among those who look at Baptists from the outside. Uh, 
though there are numerous Baptist conventions, associations, and fellowships in America, as we'll see when we get to Lesson 8, we'll go deeper into that, many Baptist congregations that are unaffiliated with any of these groups or only loosely associated with one uh, often refers to themselves as independent Baptists. Now, there are, there are independent Baptists. How many of you are familiar? When I talk about independent Baptists, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. It's not a denomination any more than Southern Baptist or a denomination, but they're, they're, they, they really say we're independent. We don't, they, they, most of them would say they don't associate, they're not connected with, and the fact is they are. They, they have a lot of connections the same way we do. In fact, I would argue that some of those independent Baptist churches are more networked with local, other local churches than we are. We have a network in our association where we collectively give and do things together, but we don't connect with the local churches, the other Southern Baptist local churches, in doing things together the way that many of those churches do. But they would identify as their independent Baptists because they don't associate with an association or a convention or um, fellowships or things like that. That is perhaps a helpful identifier for those types of unconnected Baptist churches. Truth is, however, that every Baptist or Baptistic church is an independent Baptist church because all Baptist churches are self-governing, autonomous bodies. Uh, This distinctive is a total contrast to most other Christian denominations and faith traditions. And I'm going to have to stop there. Because if I don't, I won't, I won't have a good place to stop. So that's where we're going to stop, right there. And then we'll pick back up on that next week.